Good morning. Uh, before we get going, uh, I wanted to say a couple things. First thing is make sure that you plan to be here for Good Friday. Uh, it's going to be an awesome service. Uh, we got some good preachers lined up to share the seven last words. And it's going to be um, a lot of fun. It'll be my first Good Friday service here. So I would like for new community to pack the house out. Amen? All right. Second thing is this. This is a bit of a warning to some degree. Because I've been getting Facebook friend requests. And I've been reluctantly accepting them. And here's why. I absolutely want to be friends with everybody, right? I have a very, like, silly sense of humor. And so what I've noticed is, like, the older folks in my life, like, don't appreciate it. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's like, dude, come on. You're, like, wise. You're a pastor. You shouldn't, like, joke about your kids or whatever. And I'm just like, hey, I'm just having fun. So I say that to say, if you're sensitive to, like, silly jokes and the occasional, like, TMI about gastrointestinal stuff, <laughs> do not send me a friend request. <laughs> it's nothing inappropriate. I just sometimes overshare about the food that I eat and, and, the, and the results. So, all right. <laughs> if you want something more, more serious content, just go to my IG page, all right? I just, I just had to get that out there because I was looking, it was like five of them sitting there, and I'm like, hmm. All right, but yeah, but not, other than that, it's nothing to hide. I'm going to open book. Amen? All right, I think that's it. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to read our scripture, and we want to spend some time in the Word today. Amen? All right. Gracious and holy God, we say thank you for gathering us in this place. Uh, we love you so much. Um, and we are so thankful for the way that you uh, have watched over us and protect us. Um, and as we go into this series on transitions, Lord, uh, many of us are probably enduring transitions in our personal lives. Uh, we're enduring transitions in our church. Uh, it seems like the world is constantly in transition, uh, but we are reminded that you are with us every step of the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So our scripture text today comes from Joshua chapter 4, verses 19 through 24. I'm going to read from the NIV. Uh, so Joshua chapter 4, verses 19 through 24. It says, On the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken out of the Jordan, he said to the Israelites, in the future when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful, so that you might always fear the Lord your God. My uh, sermon title today is Monuments and Pillars. Monuments and Pillars. Uh, and just a bit about transition. You know, transition is something that is not easy, but it's kind of always happening. 
transitions happen in our jobs, they happen in our families, they happen in our lives, and obviously they happen in the life of our churches. Um, And the thing about transitions is I think that sometimes uh, when we are in the midst of transitions, it's particularly um, uncomfortable ones, um, it starts to affect how we reflect on things that have happened. And it reminds me of this book by an author that I read in seminary. Uh, the name of the book was called The End of Memory. It was by a guy named Miroslav Volf. And there were a lot of things that people weren't necessarily excited about in this particular work. But I think that one of the things that came from this was this thought of uh, remembering rightly. Uh, remembering rightly. And what Miroslav Volf challenged us to do in this book um, is to not let... Um, the emotions of the moment, uh, the hardships in the present, uh, cat- or shape our memory so much so that we remember things worse than what they actually were. But the reality of the fact is it's a challenge, right? Because in the midst of my, my current pain and my current struggle, as I think back on how I got to where I am, it's hard for me to be um, objective. But that is what Miroslav Volv is asking folks to do, to remember rightly, because the beauty of remembering rightly then allows us to look at the good and the bad objectively and remember where God was in the midst of all of it. And a lot of what I see um, in the text today, I believe, is pointing to God instructing the children of Israel and Joshua to also remember we see that at this particular part in the text, uh, they have now crossed over the Jordan River. Uh, they have done all of the things that God have asked them to do uh, as they prepared to cross. Uh, the priests stood. Uh, they went to the Jordan. They stood there until everybody crossed over. Uh, God had instructed Joshua to take 12 men from each of the tribes to go and pick up stones to build uh, this monument when they crossed, and they were supposed to build the monument uh, wherever they camped that night. Uh, And the Scripture tells us they camped at Gilgal, which was uh, on the border, the eastern border of Jericho. And again, we know what happens at Jericho, right? That was that first real battle. And so even though they had come out of the wilderness, they had crossed over the Jordan, they were entering into the promised land, uh, and the Bible also tells us that they sent 40,000 armed men across first. So they were already, even though they were going to the promise, they were preparing for a fight. And as they got ready to camp that night, uh, Joshua takes those stones and he builds a memorial or a monument. So the first thing that comes to me is monuments are important. Well, why are monuments important? Well, again, transitions can be painful, and when we are in transition, it's hard for us to remember and recall all the beauty that we have experienced. And this can be exacerbated when the transitions we have been through last longer than we hoped or are more difficult than we like. Because I think to some degree we expect transition, uh, but we don't want them to be hard. We don't want them to be difficult. Like we, we, we have our minds set on a little bit of difficulty, but when it gets a little bit too rough, it's like, okay, okay, God, like what, what are you doing? 
And so in, in, in Joshua, we see that the Israelites setting up stones as a memorial to remember God's faithfulness in the leading them across the Jordan River. Uh, so it's important to set up monuments uh, because it's a reminder of God's faithfulness. These stones served as a reminder to the future generation of God's power and provision. In the same way, then, we must set up memorials in our lives to remember how God has moved for us. So my question to us then, brothers and sisters, what are our memorials? And actually, let me pose it to you personally. What are your memorials? What are some things that you have in your life that remind you um, of God's faithfulness in your life? Uh, what are the things that you have that remind you not only of God's uh, faithfulness, uh, but the things and places that you have been through uh, and how God has led you through those things? Do you have memorials? And those beautiful things about those memorials, I believe, is that when you, when you look at those memorials, especially in difficult times, they remind you, you know what? I'm going through something right now, but I remember, God, you were there. A memorial for me that I keep in my office is my seminary degree. I don't hang it up there as like some arrogant reminder that I have a master's degree. No, it's a reminder of like I struggled and toiled through seminary. Like it was a difficult journey. My marriage was rough. You know, my personal life was, it was so many things. And I look at that degree and it's like, man, God, you brought me through some amazing, difficult things. I'm standing here uh, today because of God's faithfulness. And so the degree is a memorial, and maybe that is for you, maybe for you who, who worked your way through school, maybe for those of you who were the first person in your family to graduate, and it was nothing but the goodness of God that helps you go to college and get that degree that you got. Or maybe it was the first job that you ever have. You know how like people put that first dollar bill you know, and they save it and they hang it up. It's, it's all of these reminders uh, that I wouldn't be where I was at if it wasn't for God. And I think, church, it's important for us, um, for, for our season right now, to make sure that we have memorials. Make sure that we can remember the journey that God has been taking us on for the past uh, 20, what, 22 years. Uh, God's been faithful. And I think about those pictures in the hallway down by the bathroom. You know which ones I'm talking about? And, and, and it shows, you know, like each place that New Community has called home. And you look at it and you see the signatures of the people that were a part of the congregation in those particular sections. And you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that person and this person transitioned. And maybe it's a little bit of sadness there. But then you also remember that, that God took you from the movie theater to the, to the other building, to SDA around the corner, to us having this place home. And there's been a journey. And at each place, there was, there was power and there was pain. There were good things and there was negative things. But the one constant in each situation and in each transition, was that God was with us. So we need memorials. And I, and I imagine if we spent more time talking as I get to stay here longer, that you all could probably share more memorials with me. Right? So it's important for us to remember those and to create those memorials because, again, sometimes transition and sometimes pain will make us say, hey, we want to forget everything that ever happened. We don't want to think about the past. We, don't want to, we just want to move forward. 
And I believe that what this text is helping us understand is uh, that there is a place to stop and remember because if you forget about everything that ever happened, then you're also taking away the good things that God has done in the past. So remember. And remember rightly. Uh, remember objectively. Set up the memorials so that we can constantly be reminded that God is good, that God is faithful, and that God has been there every step of the way, even in the midst of the challenge and the pain. I think that for us personally, if we never take the time to even have memorials in our own life, you know, how could we serve God if we only focus on the pain? We can forget how good God is. But we serve a good God, and just like the song said, all my life you have been faithful, all my life you have been so, so good. Your goodness is running after me. And so even when I'm being challenged, the goodness of God is running after me. Even when I'm sad, the goodness of God is running after me. Even when things aren't adding up the way that they want to be there or that I want them to add up in my life, God is faithful. God is good. And his goodness is constantly chasing me. And so, church, as we enter into this season of transition, we, one, have to be aware that there will be challenges that, that, that will come before us. But as we reflect back on life that happened before today, we can be reminded that God has been present in all of these things. And so we don't have to be downtrodden by the challenges to come because God has been faithful when God has been present. And those memorials... Remind us that God has brought us a mighty long way. I think the next thing that this text says, if we look at verses 21 through 23, it says, So he said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, uh, tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground, for the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over the Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until he crossed over it, until he had crossed over it. Uh, the beautiful thing about this is before they even set up the new physical monument, Joshua is bringing to the memory of the current generation of Israelites that, hey, God has been on our side for a long time. And the same way that he uh, parted the Jordan so that we could cross over on dry land, this wasn't the first time that God had done it. Uh, he, he's, he's reminding them that, hey, when we cried out to God in the midst of our slavery, when we were under the thumb of Pharaoh, uh, God heard our crying and our pursuits of freedom. He, he, he parted the Red Sea so that we could cross on dry ground. And so what God is doing um, in the life of the children of Israel right now is not something new. So part of the, the benefits of having memorial is also this reminder that we can reflect on the way that God continues to provide. So as we reflect on the memorials in our lives, we are reminded of God's provisions and faithfulness. We see how God has provided for us in times of need, guided us through difficult circumstances, and blessed us beyond measure. 
Remembering these moments of God's faithfulness can strengthen our faith and trust Him, knowing He is always with us and will never leave us. So we have to have monuments because challenges will come, and we can't allow the current challenges to make us forget how God has provided for us in the past and will do so in the future. God has been providing for us. And and, and there are times in our lives when things get haywire that we get so focused on our present pain, we forget about past provisions. We, 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 we are so focused on what's happening right now, we get so lost in our own stuff that we can let being absorbed in our own stuff make us forget how good, is, good God has been. And so the, the memorials that we set up are not just to remind us that God has been present in our struggle, but it's also to remind us of what God did to help us get through the struggle. He, he parted the Red Sea. He parted the Jordan. So as we stand prepared to go into battle uh, with the folks in Jericho, uh, we also, even though there might be some fear about what's coming because we don't know what the outcome will be, we can be reminded, well, that at every step of the way, God provided. And that remembrance that God provides and will continue to provide can be the encouragement that we need as we begin to face stuff when it's unknown. Because there's a lot of unknowns. As we, as we continue to dig into the community, as we continue to say, like, hey, we want to serve our community, we have to be willing to uh, accept that we might not actually know what the community needs. Because a lot of times we can say, like, hey, we'll offer this, we'll do this, until we sit down with the community that we want to serve and say, hey, What is it that you need from us? And sometimes when you actually enter in those conversations, because I can assume what the need is, but when I actually have somebody tell me, when I offer my help and say, like, hey, well, what do you need? I have to be willing and prepared to walk into some unknown stuff. Because right, we, we, can, we can do coat drives, we can do back-to-school fairs and things like that, and those things are beautiful, but, but what happens when we say, like, hey, well, we need help with domestic violence? There's a lot of domestic violence happening in our community. There's, there's a lot of gun violence happening in our community. There's, there's all of these things that are maybe a little bit more uncomfortable to wade in. And we're saying, like, hey, we're here to serve you, and now here's how... We want you to serve us. We're being called into unknown places, an unknown season, and uncharted territory. And so we have to remind ourselves that some of the transitions are happening outside of the community. But also, there are the internal challenges, right? Like, next week, we'll talk about the church budget. And one of the things that I've learned is that nobody likes to talk about money. Money is not fun to talk about. And we'll look at the projected need, and we'll look at the historical given, and we'll see a gap. (laughs) And it'll be scary. And then we'll start trying to figure out what we need to do to close that gap. 
And we have, like, the conservative spenders who are like, well, we need to cut this, cut this, cut that. And then we have the folks that are like, God will provide. It doesn't matter. Let's just. (laughs) And and, and then the reality is that 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 the truth is somewhere in between wisdom and faith and walking that fine line of wisdom and faith. And we'll have to do that together. We'll have to ask some tough questions and have some, some, some good conversations. But the reality of the fact is that if we continue to be faithful to the faithful God, uh, we will make it. He will make a way. He's done it before. He's done it again. I'm sure. Like I, said, I just got started, right? And I see every week, it's like, oh, 74, 40. And I don't know if it's not right. It's, you said it's not new, Nate. So it's, it's, it's not new. But we're here. So God has provided. God will provide. There's more stuff that we have to continue to, 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 to wade through, right? I'm already seeing like there's this conversation about how do, how do we live into our denomination's approach to human sexuality and what the Bible says and what it means to be a loving community, right? We have to come together as a congregation and look at the truth of Scripture and look at what the Bible says about love and see how love inform how we create community so that whoever walks in that door gets to have an experience with Jesus that can shape and transform their life, right? These are hard conversations. This is us wading into stuff that means that we have to be, one, committed to Jesus, but also committed to each other so that when we ultimately disagree, right, that we aren't beating each other up or walking away from the, you know, walking away from the table. So we have to wade into this unknown and the purpose of the memorials is to remember, like, hey, we've been through hard stuff together before, and we're still here. We've been through difficult stuff before, and we're thriving. God is with us. He was with us through the hard conversations before. He'll be with us through the hard conversations going forward. And ultimately, when we keep God at the center— the way that he leads us will be the direction that he wants us to go. So memorials are there for our memory, but they're also there to remind us of God's presence in our life. But here's another thing that I think that memorials are important for, or monuments are important for. Verse 24 says this. He says, he did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful, and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Here's the other thing about monuments. Because they allow us or prompt us to share the story of God's goodness with other folks. Because here's the thing. When you reflect on how good God has been in your life, Uh, If you reflect on the journey that God has taken you on and the places that God has delivered you from, what good is it if nobody hears it? 
that, that there's this part of our relationship with God, our relationship with Jesus, that of course we benefit from. We, we benefit from the gift of salvation. We benefit from forgiveness. We benefit from God's grace and God's mercy. We benefit from all of these things. But ultimately, uh, as we benefit from these things, we are saved in order to go share the gospel message so that those who have not been transformed or introduced to Jesus Christ yet could be introduced through our story. I believe it was Pastor Kevin just last week that said the, the closest thing to Jesus Christ that you have in tangible form is the person next to you. So before a person will walk into a church oftentimes, before a person will go to a Bible study, that the, the, the most first encounter that they often have is with you in the grocery store, with, with, with you on your job, with you standing in front of your block or in your backyard barbecuing, talking over the fence to your neighbor. And those moments that come for you to share the, the goodness of God often are the invitation that people have to, to be introduced. And so memorials aren't just important for our own internal memory, but memorials are often prompts for us to share what God has done in our life so that other people can hear the good news and be drawn to it. It's kind of like, for those of you who got grandkids, when your, when your grandkids walk into the living room and they say, hey, Grandma, Grandpa, what's this picture of? When was this? It's like, oh, it's, you know, that was 1967, and me and Grandpa went to Cancun. That was our first vacation after we got married. And I remember it because the plane ride was crazy, and I threw up in the little bag in front of me, and I decided I didn't ever want to, you know, fly a plane. Like, it's, it's these things that prompt memories, or it's the, the trophies that you keep in your house that, 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 that prompts conversation. It's the souvenirs that you bring back from vacations or, you know, go to a store. Like, I have this little motorcycle in my office. It's made out of wood, and I got it from Oaxaca, Mexico, when I went on a mission trip. And so whenever people come and ask about it, it gives me this opportunity to say, like, oh, yeah, I did this really awesome short-term mission trip in Oaxaca, Mexico. And it starts conversation. So the other important parts about monuments there, brothers and sisters, is that when we, when we have the monuments there, it allows us to tell the story to those who are wondering who Jesus is, those who are wondering about God's goodness. And so when we set those monuments up, it, it gives us an easy opportunity to share the good news of the gospel. So monuments are important. So in this season of transition, let's look at the monuments and remind ourselves of God's goodness. Let's look at the other things that point to God's faithfulness, whether it's, oh, I remember when we got the screen. Or I remember when CC broke the other piano and we had to get a new piano. Don't tell him I said that, James. <laughs> but it's these moments that point. So I want to encourage you. What, what are the monuments in your personal life that remind you of God's faithfulness and God's goodness? And church, as we come together, share your monuments with me. Share with me the monuments in the life of our congregation that points to God's faithfulness. But the other thing that I want to do is this. I, have to, I wouldn't be myself if I uh, didn't issue a, a warning, so to speak. Because the other challenge as it pertains to monuments 
is that sometimes we can allow our monuments to become pillars. We can allow our monuments to become pillars. So as I look around this room and I see all the pillars that are like holding the building in place, right? Pillars hold things in place. It, it prevents movement. It prevents movement. And so sometimes, if we are not careful, the things that are meant to be monuments can become pillars. And the dangerous thing about pillars are this. When God is causing us, calling us into new seasons and new places, there are things that need to stay in the past. There are some habits that need to stay in the past. There are some conversations that need to stay in the past. There is some pain that needs to stay in the past. And obviously we have to go through a path of healing, but ultimately God is trying to pull us out of something and send us to someplace new. And if our monuments become pillars, we get stuck in place instead of moving forward. And I'm sure those of you who have been in church your whole life have probably experienced some of those pillars, right? We like to call them uh, sacred cows in church lingo, like those things that like we keep doing even though like nobody shows up. We've been doing it for 70 years. And it was a really powerful thing, you know, when the church first opened in 1910. Um, that's for the older covenant churches. And now they don't. But we hold on to them and we get stuck. And it, and it reminds me of, of, of the story in Genesis uh, about Lot's wife. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, when Lot and his family are fleeing Sodom and Gomorrah and God is destroying Sodom and Gomorrah and God is like, hey, listen, don't look back. That was the one instruction. And Lot's wife looks back and she turns into what? A pillar, a pillar of salt. Because where God was trying to take them to did not have as much of a hold on her as where God was trying to deliver them from. And those things are what becomes pillars in our life. When, when we're more connected and attached to the things that God is trying to take us away from, then we are excited about where God is trying to send us, then those monuments can quickly become pillars. And so in this season, I believe that God is calling us to set up pillars, I mean to set up monuments, because what a monument does is remind us of God's faithfulness and give us the encouragement that we need to move forward. Because ultimately God is pushing us forward. God is pushing us to something new. God is sending us into a new season. And so we need the monuments to be encouraged in the difficult times. We need the monuments to remember God's faithfulness. And we need the monuments so that we have the prompts that we need to tell the story of the good news of the gospel. But if the monument becomes a pillar, then we're too busy doing this while God is trying to pull us. And an unfortunate piece is that where God wants to take us is too important for us to be held down by the pillars. The pillars do us no good where God is trying to take us. 
So the other question becomes, as we decide what our monuments are, as we reflect on our monuments, are we also willing to let some things go so that we don't bring pillars into the promised land? So I'll close with this. In our fast-paced world, it's easy to overlook the profound blessings and miracles that God has graciously bestowed upon us. We often find ourselves entangled in the busyness of life, losing sight of the divine interventions and provisions that have shaped our lives and the church's lives. Just as the Israelites set up stones as a memorial to, re- to remember God's faithfulness, we too must be intentional about remembering how God has moved in our lives and the life of our church. And as we reflect on how God has moved in our life and the church, let us intentionally set up memorials to remember his faithfulness. Let us never forget the miracles and blessings God has bestowed upon us, and let us share our stories of his provisions with each other. May we always remember that God is faithful and will never leave us, no matter the challenges that we face. Amen? Amen.